In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. It's a victory Monday, and it's a lot better than last week. I'm here with Ian Wright and Jack Duffin. Ian, how are you feeling after that victory? I'm ready to run to the river, man. We got wins all around. We got a double Duffin winner. The Browns are beating the Bengals. The only thing that could have made it even better was the Ravens losing to the Vikings. But of course, Jack anointed Kirk Cousins better than Mayfield a couple weeks ago. And now that's two straight stinkers for old Captain Kirk. But yeah, other than that, very good football weekend. My Buckeyes won. My Browns won. All good. Jack, how you doing, buddy? Oh, it's just uh, the weekend of dreams. It, uh, it couldn't have gone any better. So uh, I have just been absolutely sweating it out since the first play of the uh, Green Bay game. But we got there. Thank you for uh, – if you listened to the pregame, you'd have heard about the baton advice. So, uh, no, it's uh, – yeah, what weekend. I was so impressed. And actually, if you go back to the score prediction – got the brown score bang on so uh for paul for paul no oh you had it 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 was the browns i got the brown score right paul got the bengal score right well paul said 21 Uh, 20 yeah was in were they not on 20 i don't know they finished 41 16 i said it was going to be 34 20 and it was 34 until that last garbage time touchdown so i said we were going to win by 14 i didn't think we win by 25 yeah, I, I thought it finished day four. That's uh, either, it's, it's such way, a crazy day. I, I listen, don't even if you to listen to me, I said, bet the over. I yeah. said, bet the Baker Mayfield over one and a half touchdowns. Ding. I believe the throwing was like 190. I think that's what I saw it at for the prop. Bet, bet. the total over. Bet the team over, over which was like 20. Bet them all. Bet them all. And once OD, Odell went down, Jack, you did it in one league. I did it in another league. I got Donovan Peoples-Jones into the starting lineup because I'm like, well, you know they're going to throw the ball. This defense is trash. And, of course, what does they reward us with? A 60-yard touchdown. But, obviously, we're happy. We're now – the Bengals move from being, you know, unfortunate – we're talking about bets, Jack. The Bengals are in a little bit of a slide here. They've all the way slid uh, to the bottom of the division. They're still making the playoffs. I, 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 I'm fine. They're going to make no. the playoffs. But yeah, so we're in third place in the division. Steelers play the Bears tomorrow night. Um, so it's good for us. We're, we're still alive. We're still alive. Guys, there's eight games left. Tough games, but there is eight games left. Every, uh, week, every week in the NFL is tough. I know sometimes we talk about layups. We talk about easy wins. But I don't know if we saw this today or not. The Broncos beat the pants off the Cowboys. The Jaguars beat the Bills, the, the Falcons beat the Saints, the Giants beat the Raiders. I mean, our pets' heads are falling off. The Cardinals, without Kyler Murray, beat the Niners. It's madness, baby. It's madness. Anyway, all I care about is the Cleveland Browns. Jack, the Cleveland Browns offense out of 10, what are you giving it? Um... How many drives were there? Do you know off the top of your head, Ian? Off the top of my head? 
Uh, no, but I'll give you that number in about, give me 30 seconds. So I'm, I'm thinking around the eight, but I don't want to be too harsh. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten drives. I, I think an eight, I think an eight's fair. Um, I thought How many times have you stacked? Twice. I thought yeah, I think they would, they would give him the advantage of a fantastic field position, which they capitalised on a few times, which is good. But um, no, it's one where I, I'd say I, they they were good. They weren't insane, like blowing the doors off and uh, lighting it up. Um, I think the defence had a lot of um, sway with that. See, I think here's the thing about the offense. And I think this is why I'm going to lean to a nine because the offense, and this is weird to say, so you got to listen to this. The offense was dealt a really weird hand. The game started off obviously in the first quarter with the Bengals possessing the ball for six, almost six and a half minutes before Ward hits the pits, pick six, which we'll talk about. So then you got to remember the offense doesn't go on the field. So then the Bengals offense goes right back on the field and chews up another four and a half minutes off the clock and scores a touchdown. So the offense who warmed up goes into the game with four minutes left in the first quarter, having not ran a single play, right? And they went out and executed a nine play 75 yard drive, four and a half minutes and matched the Bengals touchdown. Because if you remember right in that second drive, Denzel Ward was out because he was getting oxygen after running the entire length of the field. So the offense took advantage of the two things that the Bengals did. And I thought that really the counter was after the Browns defense who spent 10 minutes, two thirds of the first half or first quarter on the field comes out, gets that turnover on downs, the first possession of the second quarter. And then the offense quickly just right to the jugular 60 yards of Donovan people's Jones, making it 21 to seven. I mean, I thought that the offensive game plan, I thought getting the points, you know, uh, getting the extra field goal there, kicking that towards the end of the first half was great. Um, I just felt like the offense did everything and anything they could to not ever give the Bengals the sense that they were going to be able to come back in this game. I, I, I didn't see much wrong. Like if we're going to, we're going to nitpick, we're, we're going to talk about the running game. Well, that's not it because we averaged what seven yards a carry Nick Chubb averaged almost 10 yards a carry Baker. No, no interceptions, 10 yards of completion. Um, we completed the ball to my God, so many receivers. I can't even count off the top of my head. But there was times when we got into the red zone and the offense just slowed down. It's not as crisp as it needs to be. Um, I, I still think there's more room for improvement there. So I, I do believe, yeah, it's on the positive side of eight. But I don't think it's quite there for a nine just yet. I think anytime you're getting into the red zone and you're stalling, Mm, something's going wrong. Yeah, I, I think the one knock your, to your point, Jack, is that option, that Landry Chubb option thing. Which LSU receiver are you getting rid of? I get well, it. That's I, I get. I don't understand the play. Obviously, it was third and one when we we route that. So that I'll give you that's the one knock. But outside of that, I mean, that was our really that was what our only drive inside the red zone that we didn't capitalize on, right? Because the missed field goal by McLaughlin was 45 yards. That's not in the red zone. So the only time we bogged down in the red zone was that one really weird, really weird um, 
option play. No, well, we did have the interception. There's that one. Sorry, I'm looking. But that was a false start penalty. You're going to lose your drives. You got it. Third and one, false start, third and six. That's so. All right. There's two things there. I'd give it an 8.8, which I have to round to nine. So it's still staying at a nine for me. I'm going to go over nine simply because running game was good. Throwing game was good. O-line was good. Two big Um, play touchdowns. Yeah. The only thing we did bad was Baker got sacked a couple of times. I was very impressed. We got the victory, scored over 41. I think it's a nine. Nine it is. That's what I like to hear. Democracy wins again. Um, defense. Jack, the we talk often about the Bengals and their smart strategy to go out and get receivers. The Bengals have a high-quality passing game. They have Jamar Chase. They have T. Higgins. They have, you know, Tyler Boyd. They have C.J. Uzama. They have Joe Mixon. For the Browns, I think, to go out and hold them to 16 points. Now, were the Bengals just off all day? Yeah, the missed passes downfield, you know, but ultimately, I thought our secondary had their best game of the season, and I think that our pressure up the middle, the two things we've been very critical about, the D tackles and the secondary, I thought today – played their best games. I thought that Malik McDowell and Malik Jackson played really well in the middle. I thought the secondary played well. So what do you lean in defensively? I was going to go 10, but I'm actually going to bring it down to nine. Because if we take away all the way back to start the game. Is it a Jack Duffin 10 because week. your free agent signing got three sacks as a cornerback? No, it's, it's the flags. The, it's, it's, it's beyond disappointment now. It's now at the embarrassing stage. If we start doing that sort of stuff in a playoff game, that's going to cost us. And I could genuinely see, if you ask me now, what is going to cost the Browns in a playoff game is penalties. It is just, uh, it's ridiculous. that The coaching staff need to sort themselves out because it's not improved. I, I had no concern if it was just the first few weeks they're getting into it. We're at the halfway point near enough in the season and it's not getting any better. They need to sort themselves out. Um, I don't know what the problems are, but it's not good enough. The one I didn't understand, Jack, why did Jordan Elliott get a penalty in that scrum with with Jadavian Clowney? Did you see that play? The one where Burrow Uh, rolled out right, Jadavian Clowney hit him, and I mean, I thought it was going to be roughing the passer just because of the way it looked, even though Clowney only took a half a step and then hit him and he hit him in the shoulder. It was a clean hit and they didn't penalize that. The guard from the Bengals comes over quitting Spain and starts grabbing and hitting people in the helmet. Jordan Elliott, they called him for unnecessary roughness. What did he do? Looked from the replay. If he pushed a player straight into a referee and I don't know if that's what the ref saw, is refs just going over there and someone pushes a player into the referee and that might be way through. Mm. Um, I would need to get a better shot of it, but that looked like the only thing I could sort of pull it out from. It was just a weird play because I know he had the face mask later on in the game. And you're right. I mean, we had my the issue's rough- not so much with those penalties. It was the like the offsides. The, it was three early on. Yeah, we, uh, oh, yeah, they were right off the bat. Because yeah. then you had the roughing the passer, and you know I understand you're yeah. trying to hit him and get going, but yeah. 
the rough in the past I felt was a bit soft. That, that stuff with Jordan Elliott, I'm not so worried about. It was the three offsides. It was like, if you can't even line up right, what the hell is going wrong? So Clowney had one. Malik McDowell had one on the first drive. Then you had Clowney with his second one. And that's it. So in the first, in the first two drives, you had Clowney with two and Malik McDowell with one lined up offsides. Any other ones that hop in here? No, we were pretty good for the rest of that half. I just, I just, the problem I think we have is we are, our penalties are 10, 15 yarders. It's not even like we're getting five yard penalties. I mean, these roughing the passers and these unsportsmanlike conducts. And I listen, I know that they're, they're up across the league, but you know, overall, I mean, the Browns finished the game with five sacks, 16 points allowed. I mean, they, they, they did a pretty good job holding Kansas city or I'm sorry, Kansas city, Cincinnati's offense. I mean, Higgins, six catches, 78 yards, Jamar case, Jamar chase targeted 13 times only six catches for 49 yards. I mean, that's Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry type target completion right there. I did that for you, Jack. Just for me. What do we think about Greg Newsom? Greg Newsom was phenomenal today. I thought all the corner cornerbacks were phenomenal today. And I want us to draft another first rounder next year. Well, we, how long is our contract with Troy Hill? Is that a two year? Is Jack Rose? There you are, Jack. Um, give me that again. Troy Hill. Troy Hill is a two year. So it's a two year in terms of like a real actual, two year. There's a, a there's real two that third year at the end that. is okay. Yeah, and then I mean John Johnson is a two or three year. It depends what we fancy. Gotcha. So first of all, Jack, I must say, you know, we talk a lot about what we, what goes on in the WhatsApp chat. When you sent the message about Denzel, I'm not going to ruin it here. I'm going to let you deliver it as you send it after the pick six, your comment about <laughs> Denzel Ward. I, I was started laughing out loud. I was, I, I had to chuckle on that one. So Jack, why not, what was your biggest takeaway from the Denzel Ward 99 yard house call? Amaze Ward managed 100 yards without getting hurt. <laughs> it just needed to be said. It, it did. And you know what? It was odd because, I mean, during that return, Paul, did you even think he was running at full speed? I mean, it kind of looked like he was just like jogging along and staying with his blockers for most of it. And it didn't seem like they were going to catch him. So that, I thought that was a, and that's what, I think that's what frustrates you the most about Denzel Ward, right? You see that type of play and you know that he's capable of it. And you're just like, I need to see you out there often. There was a play in the game. I was watching uh, CJ Uzama and Browns fans may remember a couple years ago, Denzel Ward tried to tackle CJ Uzama when Uzama just blew him up. Ward tried to come in and hit stick him and Uzama just trucked him. I think he was out three games with a concussion. Uzama catches the ball on the left side and comes down the field and Ward kind of goes over there and looks up and goes nah, and then just ushers him out of bounds. So he's getting smarter. He listened to Greg Williams and how to tackle and ended up making a business decision there. But yeah, it was good to see him out there. Greg Newsom. I mean, I think nine, I mean, I, I don't know how you give him anything other than nine, five sacks, 16 points doing what they do. I mean, Paul, what are your thoughts on the defense? Yeah, I thought it was a great, uh, great display. I thought, yeah, cornerbacks were amazing. Obviously takeaway interceptions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really excited. So, uh, I mean, three turnovers. Yeah, just what we needed. Just what we needed. Yeah, I, I, f- I felt what? There was one that was a bit lucky. Um, 
Burroughs, I, I was surprised Burroughs just didn't look how good I'd seen him earlier on in the season. Um, well, much but, like uh, the no, Jets, it's... though, they, you rush him. And this is what we said in the pregame show. Much like with the Jets, if you rush Burrow, that offensive line stinks. They stink. So Burrow is great when he can sit back and throw. The Ravens don't have that type of pass rush. He was able to pick them apart and blow them apart. With the Jets, with the Bears. I mean, I remember watching that Bears game earlier in the year. They sent the house at him, and they kept moving him off his spot. Jack, there's no way an NFL quarterback is going to succeed with under that type of pressure. I mean, wait till the PFF stats come out tomorrow and you start counting the number of pressures, hurries, and hits. I mean, Romo counted in the one drive. I think he got hit, what, five times on a drive? I mean, the Bengals would... have to do something about that because otherwise Joe Burrow's going to have a very short NFL career. Yeah, no, without a doubt. It's, um, it's one where I think they'll invest more into the O-line, but they were smart to take uh, Chase and that that wide receiver call is really good. At times we focused on Chase. I think we did a good job of shutting down Chase, but that meant that there was a little time, a few times Higgins and stuff came through. But such a good game plan from Woods, um, really, really did well. And it, the de- the edges for the Browns have played so well this season, and we finally saw um, the secondary steps up and the secondary swings it from a below average defense to right up there, and um, that's because secondary is king. Yeah. I would, I wouldn't, I would not disagree. Uh, special teams, guys. We're going to give that out of ten. Yeah, we had our first, we had our first actual missed field goal. Chase, you know, misses from forty-five. He did nail all five of his extra points. Um, not, not the greatest day from a return standpoint. I will say, I did laugh the one time that Anthony Schwartz looked like he wanted to return it, and then he, at the last minute, the the wisdom of Jack Duffin went into his head. He. Waved for the fair catch and took it at the 25. So ah, five, five or six. I mean, I'm not, I thought it was a pretty average day in terms of the punting. Um, and in terms of the missed field goal, we got to ding them for that. So six. I think, I think a six is fine. Uh, there was nothing that went dramatically wrong. Um, yeah, it's a missed field goal, but I'm, I'm, I'm not. I mean, we, you win by 25, a missed field goal is not exactly the, the end all be all of that. But I mean, in terms of the kick returners, the longest they had was 22, 21. I mean, they had a couple of the end of the day, a field goals, four points dropped. What's another three points dropped. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. (laughs) Six Paul. Six is fine with me. Um, Yeah. I just want to say one thing is looking forward. If I'm correct in the AFC, we're right behind New York Pats. How many teams go forward for the playoffs this year? Seven, right? Seven. So uh, it's a really interesting position. Uh, let me just pull it up because it's crazy where you look at the NFC, there's like five teams right at the top that are phenomenal. Um, there's, I think, 10 teams in the AFC with a winning record. There's mm-hmm. six in the NFC with a winning record. So it's a massive divide. But if we look at the... Well, there's five teams now at five and four. Broncos, Bengals, Browns, Chiefs, and Patriots. Well, the four division leaders, Titans, Ravens, Chargers, Bills, push them out of the equation. And then, yeah, there's a race between... um, The Raiders, the Steelers. Several teams, so one, two, three, four, seven teams in the race. You've got the Raiders at five and three, the Steelers at four and three, the Patriots at five and four, the Chiefs at five and four, the Browns at five and four, Bengals at five and four and Denver Broncos at five and four. It is. And listen, insane. don't count out Indy. They're four and five, but with Derrick Henry not going down, 
they're going to win a slew of these games on the back end. So, I mean, I still can't believe the Jags took down the Bills, but, I mean, it's pretty crazy. There's nobody in the AFC outside of Baltimore and Tennessee that have six wins, and I don't know how Tennessee, they might not finish with more than 10 wins. So Indy may be moving up, and, you know, for our sake, we kind of need the Rams to go out and win, and we need the Bears to go out and beat the Steelers, and I say that quietly because my wife isn't far away. Steelers need to lose. I don't care what the situation is. You said it, Paul. <laughs> so, but no, I, I, I will say, I think this, this win, and we had kind of seen this coming all week. You know, Paul, you, you kind of are pretty good at measuring the pulse of a team and in, in terms of how they're playing and attitude, getting past the Odell thing. You know, this was something that obviously was a cloud that was hanging over the team. It's been a distraction. I mean, look how much was talked about on social media. Players were distracted in terms of a lot of this stuff. How big of a win do you think that is for Stefanski and the coaching staff to show, hey, this isn't going to be an issue here. We're going to go out and win. You know, what, what are your thoughts in terms of how the Browns handle this week of drama, as we'll call it? Yeah, I think the key thing is it was a massive thumping win. Uh, obviously, the long ball to uh, Donovan People-Jones, not OBJ, but... DPJ was a big statement of we can do it without Odell. I think if you look about the whole of the week, it's all been about Odell, Odell, Odell. When everyone's been very polite about Odell, no one said anything negative about Odell from the Browns. I don't think anything negative's come out. Two favourites are um, the Seahawks and the Saints. The Saints make sense. That's where he's from. By the way, I, speaking of Odell, the Minnesota Vikings. Okay. These t-shirts. <laughs> Bizarre. This is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Like Cam Dance, the answer. Okay. If you wanted Odell freed, why didn't you go to your GM and say, hey, can you trade for him? The Browns would have taken a conditional seventh round pick for him. Justin Jefferson, who, if you remember right, that's the guy that Odell was handing wads of cash to after the national championship game. So free Odell, he was freed. I think Ian Rappaport kind of just joking and put a little thing that said freed. He was a free agent. What are you talking about? Like, did you make the t-shirts up and like, oh, we got to wear them now. Like, what are we, are they that Yeah, it's stupid? like they didn't get the memo of yeah. the last, like, three days where it's like, he's done. I could get if there was still an ongoing dispute and the Browns were saying, no, we're going to let you rot on the, um, yeah, a bit like it's going on with Deshaun Watson, we're just going to let you rot. Then I get it, but it's like, yeah, it made no sense after, like, yeah, he hasn't officially Odell asked yet. for this. The trade deadline passed. The team weighed the options and said, fine. All right. If you want out and you want us to void these two, three, uh, two years left, then you're going to have to give us $3 million of capital. Okay, done. Goodbye. He's free in a literal sense. He's free to sign with whoever he wants. I don't think he's going to Minnesota. So I'm not sure why they had, I'm not sure why they're standing for him. I just, I found that really stupid. And, you know, at times I think that players in locker rooms, like whoever the leaders of the Vikings are need to stand up and be like, yeah, we're not doing that. That's another team. We, they beat us. Did they forget that the Browns beat the Vikings? Like stupid, just absolute mindless, like dumb, dumbassery. Like one thing that did surprise me today though, 
because I expected him to be featured and I know he led the team in targets with five targets, Jarvis, but five targets, three receptions and 11 yards was a surprise. Um, I, I thought he would be a much more important piece of the offense. Um, and that I did not see coming. Um, that was one that caught me off guard. I'll be honest. Um, I, I was thinking, yeah, you're going to see a lot more of him. There was well, no Higgins targets at all. I didn't even catch him out there. Jack, I believe on the pre, I met Jack, you know, there's something I remember. Didn't we say that Odell leaving would open up something, long passes or something? I think I remember, I remember something like Schwartz that. Schwartz and DPJ. Yeah. It's, it's almost like by those safeties, not just covering the deep end, Baker had a lot more room on the field to throw. I mean, Donovan Peoples-Jones only caught two Jarvis passes, 60 and 26. But he, Donovan Peoples-Jones is wide open. I don't need to throw it to Jarvis for t- eight yards when I can get 60. Or I got Harrison Bryant going down the sidelines, you know, for that big play. That was a beautiful throw by Baker. Demetric Felton catch for 22 yards. Njoku with a beautiful touchdown catch, 18 yards. Schwartz for 15 yards. You know, Can we give him his uh, full title? Dramatic Demetric Felton, slot wide receiver, number one. <laughs> I'll let you get that in there. But yeah, I thought that it was nice to see the ball being pushed down the field a little bit. And I, I think that's, you know, listen, I'm not claiming to be an expert or anything. I'm not, you know, spiking my own football here. But I just think you saw that the way the Browns were running the offense, they just got very comfortable using Odell as a decoy. So I think not having Odell as a decoy. I thought was going to just lead to a little bit more, some bigger plays. And then you start getting plays like Nick Chubb, just rumbling and Donovan with fantastic call Jack. I don't know if you, you heard this or not, but Browns radio announcer, Jim Donovan Chubb breaks through the line and he hits him with the, he's going to run to the river. He's running to the river. And then once he scores, Doug Deacon hits him with a, did he make it to the river? So good old shout out to Jimmy Donovan and the Ohio river. I thought that was one of his better calls. Go and watch that replay. Poor old Wyatt Teller. I, I don't know who he hit, but that man has a family. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, that was uh, brutal. I'll have to go back and watch it. Here's the play. Wyatt Teller rolls out. Guys. Oh, my. Oh, my. One quick oh. question. Do we see Ward, Teller, and... Injoku. Free agents. Finamix getting the contract extensions. Jack, I think we'll, we'll, you want to tackle that during the bye week here in a few. This is a quick yeah, watch. We, we'll do a whole series during the bye week. We're going to probably drop a show each day for the whole week. Um, it's really, really difficult to know. Um, uh, Nchoku and Ward have to keep producing, and so does Teller. Um, it, it's really difficult because if you say, hey, we're going to sign Teller, does that mean Batonio's gone? Does that mean you get rid of Conklin? Tretter's gone. Um, he's not getting a new deal here. Um, but it's one of them four has, two of those four have to go on the O-line most likely. Unless you don't play Baker, then it's a whole other discussion. But I, I, for me, the, the most important person playing for absolute money at the moment is Baker. Baker has a poor right. end to the season. He's on back. He's on sort of top bridge slash. Um, he's he's like top bridge money, which is like 20, 25 million, maybe a one two year deal. 
if he plays really well, then he, he's going, hey, you're going to have to give me 40 million. If he plays well to the end of the year, he's getting 40 million plus. So um, his entire career projection rests on what happens the rest of this season. If he plays like he did today, he will need to pass more. And I think that will happen if the game's not, not as close to earn the big bucks. But if he can turn it on and drops 30 passes a game, we'll open that checkbook and he will get paid 40 million. More than 40 million. He'll get more than Josh Allen. You heard it here first. There it is. So he's got to go and produce. But if he produces, he, he's blowing Josh Allen's number out of the wall. I'm not, I'm not out of the wall, but he'll he'll get at least like one, two million a year more. Well, yeah. it, it's good to go into this week. I think you know flushing the Odell thing out is going to be nice. I think Stefanski was happy to move on, get the win, um, and now hey, we got to go to New England and. Yes, they have Mac Jones. Yes, they're playing relatively pretty well. So this is a team that's in the playoff hunt. So we got to start following up these wins because after the Patriots, we have the Lions, and then we got back-to-back with the Ravens. So it's time for the Browns to start playing good football. So it would really mean a lot to this team to go in to New England. You got a full week of preparation. Get back in there. No serious injuries. Knock on wood. At least I didn't see anything. Let's get our minds right. Let's get the win against New England and let's start progressing into the, t- you know, into the stretch. Cause remember we finished the season Ravens, Ravens, Raiders, Packers, Steelers, Bengals. Okay. So that uh, is six whoa, games. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, you, you've mentioned the next game and you've mentioned the end of the season. But, you missed the one in the middle. That is a really, 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 really tough game. Listen here. All right. Save John Dorsey. Some, <laughs> some slack here. Okay. I get it. That's the last NFC game of the year other than the Packers. I quickly corrected myself on that one. So, yeah, we end the season in six tough games. So we're going to be battle tested come the end of the season. But, yeah, let's go, let's go out there against New England. Let's start focusing on them. Um, you know, let's enjoy the division win. We're one and one in the division. Time to go win at New England. Paul, what do you what last thoughts? We've overcome a huge defeat to the Steelers. And now we've got the victory. Eight games left. We're in a great position to go on a playoff run. Lots of tough games. Obviously, everyone's looking at the Lions as a straight win, but we've got to play the Bengals, Steelers, Packers, uh, Patriots, Raiders. It's going to be tough. It is going to be tough, but as we say, still Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns. <laughs>